Oh, good morning, everybody. Let's stand and sing our first song.
Presidente. <coughs> well, Happy New Year to one and all. Um, I hope uh, this will be a good year for you. I'm also glad you came along because I would have been here on my own otherwise. And it's good to start the new year in church with the Lord God Almighty. And I pray that you will be blessed today. Um, I haven't seen Dawn, is she here? No. Well, Dawn has uh, been released from hospital. It's been a long process and she was hoping to be out before Christmas, was in for Christmas, and uh, it's just a, a long drawn out thing. If she does come, don't know, she was hoping to be here today. Please, I'm gonna say avoid her like the plague because she's still very vulnerable. And uh, so if you're tempted to give her a hug, save it until she's better, all right? That's if she does come, um, I don't know. She may not woken up too good. So uh, that's good. And we've also heard this morning that um, Gilly may have had a stroke. Um, it may have been, you never know with Gilly, it may be vertigo and he's fallen over. He has a lot of trouble with his ears. But, um, but just pray for Gilly in your prayers this week that, that he will be okay, all right? I was going to say it was great to have Dawn with us because that is a massive answer to prayer that um, the infection she picked up, apparently in Argentina, way back, um, has been living in her body and has grown. And so uh, that's why it's taken such a long time. But we praise God for answered prayer because she's out of hospital and she's feeling much better. So if anybody, is there anybody visiting us today? No, nobody knew, well, that's good. Thank you for coming then, because you knew what was coming if I'm up here. So there we are. So in a minute, as part of our worship, the stewards will uh, wait upon you. You no need to give if you don't, haven't come prepared. Just let the bag pass you by. And while that's going on, here's a chance to t turn around and wish the people around you a happy new year and say hi to them. Okay, let's uh, let's get back. Let's just give thanks to God for His provisions. Father God, we thank you once again that you have supplied all our needs. We thank you, Lord, that we're able to give a little bit back to you, and we praise and thank you, Lord. We pray, Lord, that we will be good stewards of your money and use it wisely. For we ask this in thy name. Amen. Scripture says when two or three are gathered together, he is in their presence. And so we're going to come to God uh, in our call to worship now. And let's just focus on God being here. Let's come to God in prayer. As we enter prayer now, we pause to be still, to breathe slowly, to recenter our scattered senses upon the presence of God. Loving Father, please help us to be still. 
we open our ears to hear you now as we quietly prepare our hearts for all you have for us in this new year. We choose today to follow you more closely as we prayerfully meditate on the words from Psalm 23. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers me a resting place in the luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honour to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all that I can drink <coughs> of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterwards, when my life is through, I'll return to you, glorious presence, to be with you forever. Amen. Let's stand and sing a couple of songs. We haven't got a drummer, so uh, let's get in the pace. Thank you. 
Please sit down. Band, you may depart. Go in peace. time of prayer now and I'm going to leave gaps because um, uh, each one of us will have a different thing that God will bring to your mind uh, to pray for so I'm going to leave 
uh, gaps for that. And uh, as, as always happens, you know, you get to the good points and the technical side lets you down. There we go. So uh, let's pray. Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the year just passed. As a church, we thank you for many answered prayers. We thank you, Lord, as we look for a new minister that you called Lou to apply for the post. Thank you that your hand was in the selection. We thank you that it was not a long drawn out procedure. We do pray for those who have had a trying year with the death of loved ones. We pray, Lord, you will comfort them in their hour of need. For those whose health has been a challenge this year, with operations and hospital visits, Lord, we want to bring glory and honour to your name because you have heard our prayers. Many have gone through operations and are better. We praise you that Dawn is out of hospital and we lift Gilly up to you this morning, Lord. Draw close to him. Be close to Dawn, Lord, as she carries on the treatment. But we pray for others, Lord, who have had treatment this year and we've seen your hand upon them. We lift them to you now, Lord. We praise you, Lord, for the number of new folk who have joined us, from the young people upwards to adults. And we just thank you, Lord, that you are blessing us each week. We pray for them, Lord. Lord God, thank you for your armour. Amen. Now as we come to look at your word, um, pray that you will open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, that we will behold wonderful things from it. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight today. Amen. 
So there's the verses. And if you're following, I use the ESV Bible, but if uh, you've got the NIV, it's not much difference. And if you've got the NLT, there'll be some variation. So Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more uh, than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I was praying uh, to know what to bring you for the beginning of a year. And this verse came to me, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. A verse that's not only a command, but a verse that makes you question. There was an elderly lady, a spinster of this parish. You don't hear that phrase very often now, do you? Spinster of this parish, who had been a churchgoer all her life, and she had a very strong faith and was dependent on Christ in every situation. But she lived next door to an atheist and, uh, who wasn't very nice. And it seemed that every Sunday morning as she went to church, he would be in his garden. And he would say, oh, off to, pray, off to church to pray to the God who doesn't exist. He would shout every Sunday morning. And the old lady just smiled and gave him a wave and carried on to church. Well, money was tight for her, having paid the bills, and she was, all that she was left was her tithe money. And she said, that is the Lord's money. I will give that to the Lord. And on that Sunday, she set off to church, not knowing how she managed for the rest of the week. And that neighbour was into the garden, off to church again to talk to the God who doesn't exist. He, she stopped and she explained her predicament. And she said, I'm relying on God to supply all my needs. 
And off she trotted to church. The man thought, I know what to do. He jumped in his car and he sped to the local supermarket. When he got back, he piled the bags of shopping onto the front step of her cottage. The old lady returning from church could see from a distance the bags piled up on her step. And as she approached the supermarket logo, got bigger and bigger. She started praising God as she walked up the path to her house. And she looked into the bags at all the delights in there. And she fell to her knees, <coughs> exclaiming what a wonderful God she loved and praised him for answering her prayer. The man next door appeared shouting, it wasn't God that bought all those shopping, it was me. She kept on praising God. Don't you see, said the man, I brought all of this, waving the story seat at her. And the old lady got off her knees and she said to the man, God has answered my prayers. He has given me more than just my needs. And he got the devil to pay for it. <laughs> We live in anxious times at the moment. Energy supplies, bills going through the roof, food prices getting out of hand, people going on strike because they do not earn enough to make ends meet. The opening verses of our scripture says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Anxiety is something that robs you of your life. It's crippling and debilitating. You go to sleep if you are fortunate enough to sleep and you wake up with your mind full of anxiety. It seems there's no escape from it. You just dwell on it and the problems grow way out of proportion. The people who lived at the same time as Jesus obviously had anxiety because Jesus spoke about it and the anxiety they had was the same anxiety as we get. And when you look at what was happening in Israel at the time, they were oppressed by the occupying forces of the Roman Empire. They were trying to honour their own king, Herod, who in truth was trying to please the Romans and the people. And we have the Jewish religious rulers, the scribes and the Sadducees, who kept adding more laws for the people to obey. Trying to please free ruling authorities brought anxiety to the people. But on top of that, it seems to be the everyday things that causes anxiety to the people. And Jesus says in verse 23 to 25, do not be anxious about what you eat or drink. Then look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? I was talking to Malcolm before we uh, 
um, started this morning, we were talking about Carol's got a new plum tree in her garden and we were talking about how the bees would eat the plums and the wasps and Malcolm was saying that they've had a gooseberry bushes and they go out in the morning and say, oh, it's a good time to pick them and by the time they got out there to pick them, the birds seemed to know that they were ready to eat and by the time he got out there, they'd all gone. See, God supplied them. And we were saying, you throw a bit of bread down for one seagull and how many more come? They have a way of telling everybody. Tom Wright says in his commentary, as we read this passage like this, we should see that it flows straight out of Jesus' own experience of life. He had watched the birds wheeling around high up in the currents of the air on the Galilean hills, simply enjoying being alive. He had figured out that they never seemed to do the sort of work that humans did, and yet they mostly stayed alive and well. So don't be anxious about food and drink. And why, verse 28 says, and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Our old mate Neil, do you remember him, would say to Linda as they stepped over the threshold, of Marks and Spencers. Consider the lilies of the field, how fine they are clothed. The moral of that story is don't go out with a tight Yorkshire man to do clothes shopping. <laughs> we live in a time where teenagers go through great anxiety about not having the right brand name on their clothes. I don't know about in the time of Jesus but to bring it up in this passage, there must have been a reason. And Jesus' own garments were sought after as the soldiers casted lots for them. The flowers in the field are one all too soon as the farmer puts his hand to the, to the sickle. And today's fashion seems to be out of date at the time you buy it. So don't be anxious about what you wear. I wear the same clothes every Sunday. You'll have noticed that. All right. Sunday best, my mum said. You have to go to work with Sunday best. And this is the best I can get. So there we go. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. In Matthew 7 we read, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be open. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone. 
Or if you ask for a fish, we'll give you a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? I can testify to God's goodness in my life. And when we were struggling and uh, our printing business went, and it was difficult times, but God was gracious to us and a cheque came through the post in our hour of need. And God is so good and he's gracious to each one of us. We have a compassionate God who sees these things. And that was the first of many ways which God supplied our needs. Finding a house and finding another job all came about on one day. So God is good and God does that. So to take the verse that God laid on my heart for you today, and I told the leadership that I was going to speak today on um, Psalm 1 on how you should meditate on the word of God. But God had a different idea, so here we go. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And this is a great verse to go into a new year with. A year that is going to be full of uncertainties. To find the kingdom of God, you need to know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. As soon as you do, you become a citizen of God's kingdom. You become holy. Ephesians 1, Paul says, Paul, an apostle of Christ by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. You have become holy, not by anything that you have done, but because of what Jesus did. And what he did was fundamentally transformed you and made you holy, clean and righteous. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. You now are part of a holy nation, belonging to God. You also have become a royal priest. This means you have access to God's throne room where Jesus is now seated with God. If you know your Bible, it's like Queen Esther approaching the king's throne room. On seeing her, the king pointed his scepter towards her and she was allowed in. God's scepter is always pointed towards us. Once upon a time, only the chief priest was allowed to enter the temple, into the Holy of Holies, behind the massive curtain. And Jesus' death tore that curtain into two, allowing us to enter. You now can bring your prayers to God at any time and when we pray, we enter the throne room of God. You stand in the presence of God every time you call upon his name. Philippians 6, 7 says this, Do not be anxious about everything, but in everything, by prayer 
and supplication with thanksgiving that your request be known to God and the peace of God will surpass all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. When you stand in the presence of our Heavenly Father and come to him to prayer, he takes your anxiety and replaces it with his peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. I let the band come back. If anything I've said this morning uh, and you want some prayer about it, um, the prayer corner is there and uh, I'm sure some goodly people will be there for you. Right, let's stand and sing Cornerstone. My hope is found in nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness.
blessing over you as you stand now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory majesty dominion and authority before all time and now and forever amen